Hey, what's up everyone? It is Pastor Marcus here from the storychurchproject.com. Welcome to the Story Church Project podcast where our focus is how to redesign the local Adventist church to tell its story loud to a culture that is no longer listening. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear and that it inspires you to make a difference in your local church today. preachers should stop doing that is the title for my podcast uh this week a blog and podcast for the story church project and uh i hope you guys can get uh, a lot of meaning out of this and as you listen into this i also want to encourage you to take it with a little bit of humor because you know i don't pretend that i know everything and that i've got everything right you know i don't want to be that guy uh but i want to share my heart on the top five things that I think Adventist preachers do that that can be annoying and hopefully you guys can resonate with it and and derive something meaningful from it now of course you all know my bias my passion is ministry to secular people and so these are actually five five major turnoffs that I see Adventist preachers do more often than than I wish uh, than I wish they did so here we go number one speaking Adventese now, annoyance number one is Adventist preachers who use conservative SDA jargon as though everyone in the room knows exactly what they're talking about. I'm talking about phrases like spirit of prophecy, remnant, reformation, pen of inspiration, etc. Um, these words and terms have zero meaning to anyone who's not already an Adventist. And some of them, to be honest, are even theologically suspect now, I'm not going to get into all the specifics. Yeah. Uh, I just want to keep it simple. My advice is um, just watch your language. If you have to use an insider term, explain it beforehand. And I recommend that you do this even if you're 100% sure that everyone in the room is already an Adventist. All right. This way, not only do you develop the habit of talking like a normal person, uh, but you also destroy the habit of assuming everyone in the room knows what you're talking about. And you don't want to be assuming that. The, the, the last thing that you want, honestly, if we could just boil this down to like its bare minimum, the last thing that you want is for your entire sermon to speak only to the people who already agree with you. Because that is not a God thing like ever. All right, moving on. Point number two. Uh, this is, once again, top five annoying things that Adventist preachers should stop doing. Here's number two. Um, I call, I, I'm, I'm titling this one, My Dear Brethren. Now, annoyance number two is, it's actually connected to number one, but it's slightly broader, all right? Um, in this one, I'm talking about preachers whose sentence structure, phraseology, prose, and speech rhythms are almost identical to people from the 1800s, all right? Now, I hear this more, mostly from like the conservative young preachers. It's almost like you've read so much Ellen White that you've lost your own voice, right? Like you've lost your own contemporary speech patterns. And, and so now every time you talk, especially in a preaching setting, you, you sound like someone from way back then. Uh, and so some basic examples are, you know, preachers introducing their sermons like, my dear brethren, or, uh, you know, when you get ready to, 
turn to the Bible. Let us now turn to the Holy Scriptures. Um, now, <laughs> look, guys, these are mild examples, of course, because I'm not really talking about just how a sermon or a text is introduced. Uh, but I'm, I'm referring to how an entire sermon is spoken, and I can't really reproduce that here. Uh, but the basic rule of thumb is pay attention to your sentence structures, man. Like, bottom line, if you sound like you could add a top hat and a monocle to your outfit, then you need to seriously snap out of it. Other conservative Adventists, especially older generations, like they won't have a problem with this. But outside of that, most people are going to find you disingenuous and potentially laughable. All right. Don't be that guy. All right. Number three of the top five annoyances Adventist preachers should stop doing. I think I hope I said that right. Anyways, number three, I've titled it. Thou wouldn't wouldn't thee. wait. I got to try it again. Thou wouldn't wouldest thee. there you go took two tries. Uh, so point number three is also connected to points one and two, and it's this. And I say this with all the respect that I should say it with, I guess. Um, lay off the King James Version, will you? Now, disclaimer time. I have zero interest in a debate over which translation is best. So please save yourself the effort of pasting that YouTube documentary in the comments because I'm not going to watch it. Uh, what I'm interested in is which language, not which translation, but which language is best. And the best language, hands down, is the one that people are using. So the moment I hear a preacher whip out the old KJV, my immediate thought is, who in the world is this guy talking to? Now, I recently had a lady uh, stop attending my church because, um, or a Sabbath school class because she was from a foreign country. She struggled with English to begin with and had to put up with the class wanting to use the King James Version. So when I visited her, she asked me, isn't the point of learning the Bible to be able to share it with others? That was her question to me. And then she read me a verse, not from the King James, mind you, but from the New King James, which is a more modern version. And she asked me, what in the world does that even mean? How is it supposed to provide any meaning to my friends? Now, I'd say this non-Adventist was spot on. All right. Now, and please, please leave the, the King James Version is grade school reading level argument in the bin where it belongs right i don't know how many times i've heard that from like people like grade school reading level for who i can read philosophical phds with greater ease than the king james version all right uh, i don't think you need some study to prove to you what you know what's easy to read and what's not it's not easy to read and by the way you're listening to this uh, as a podcast if you go over to the website and you actually click on the blog link for this i've actually linked an article that debunks that claim all right but the bottom line is this the king james version is not easy to follow and as christians we should aim to make the gospel as accessible as possible it's christ that we're called to proclaim not some bygone linguistic european era all right moving on number four I've libeled this one, stop touching my feels. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I have an announcement to make. The 90s are over, and with them, the one preaching practice that we must, for the love of all that is good, retire, is the cheesy emotional ballad at the end of the sermon. Yes, it gets people feelsy and responsive, but that has more to do with how the pretty hymn on the piano manipulates emotion than with an authentic spiritual experience. 
Now, David Neff aptly referred to this emotional manipulation as quote-unquote coming to Jesus music, which in his experience with an evangelist consisted of, unquote, uh, I'm quoting him here, gradually increasing the volume as he turned up the emotional pitch of his invitation. Uh, and that is uh, the end of the quote, but it's also, um, you can get the link for the whole article that that came from on the blog. So here's the thing, the downside to this is what happens when the emotional high collapses and you find yourself in need of another one in order to feel spiritual again. Uh, this method was really popular throughout my childhood and it had an addictive effect that had zero impact on our faith. In fact, I remember kids in my youth group leaving the sermon because they were bored only to come back just as the music kicked in and go to the front. Uh, it was obvious that they were just addicted to this like emotional thing. Uh, it's it's not really God they were responding to. It, it was the emotional experience that they craved. And I know that because I was the same way. And of course, the reality is that the culture today is the most advertised to generation that has ever lived. Companies are constantly pushing the emotional strings of this generation to get a sale from them. And as a result, this generation can spot a sales pitch a mile away. And guess what? The cheesy song at the end of the sermon? Yeah, totally salesy. Don't do it. All right. Last one. Number five. Stop wowing people. Now, this is my last point of the top five annoying things, et cetera, et cetera. You know the title already. Um, <clears throat> this is my last point, number five. And I say this one to all my fellow Adventist preachers. Please, for the sake of the church's soul, stop preaching wow sermons. Now, now, young Adventists are especially prone to this. They, they hear their favorite celebrity preacher making applications and biblical connections that they've never seen before. And they go to the Bible and they want to do the same. And in the end, they come up with all kind of super interesting ideas that make the audience say, wow, I never saw that before. But it has zero impact on a person's spiritual health. Please don't be that gal or guy. Instead, I want to leave you with the words of my biblical exegesis professor, which, by the way, as a preacher, you should totally study biblical exegesis. Totally study. Like, it's non-negotiable. Got to do it. Um, anyways, his name was Martin Klingbaum, and this is what he taught us. I'm quoting him. Don't preach sermons that make people say, wow. Preach sermons that change people's lives. And here's the reality, guys. It's not always the same thing. So wise words, Dr. Klingbaum. Wise words. So there you have it, guys. This is my top five list of annoying things Adventist preachers should stop doing. I have others, but I'm going to leave it at that because I think that's plenty. If you got your own, hop on Facebook, on Instagram, where I'll be sharing quotes and ideas from this post and leave your comments below. Or you could just go to storychurchproject.com slash blog and comment there. Thank you, guys. I will catch you next week. Until then, I pray that God's spirit would be with you as you seek to redesign your local Adventist church for mission. God bless. Thank you for listening to this week's latest episode of the Story Church Project Podcast. I hope you were blessed. If you haven't yet had a chance, I want to invite you to head over to thestorychurchproject.com and subscribe to the newsletter. Not only will you get the latest updates every week, but I'm also going to send you a free gift straight to your inbox. You don't want to miss it. I'll catch you on the next one.